0: Osborne Cox, welcome to Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantine Enema, the only podcast where we don't know how to say the name of the show. My name is Connor Sullivan. Thank you very much for joining us today. Hope everyone had a nice long weekend. I know I did. Uh, it was actually beautiful all weekend long, so it was nice to actually get outside and do some shit. And uh, now we're back to just... now it's just hot. Like, you know, like we, we had our fun... You know, obviously we can't go outside and do too much right now. And like, right, like this past week, it's been, or the last couple of days in particular, it's just been muggy and hot. And like, it's like, some okay. So we had like that official start to summer, but now we can't enjoy it. So it's just shitty. And then it sucks. <laughs> I just really, really, really sucks right now. Uh, but it's okay. Cause obviously things are getting better, uh, you know, social distancing guidelines are getting a little more loosey goosey. Uh, some people are able to go back to work, and that's all great and fun and whatnot. Uh, I am not one of those people, so I'm going to keep doing my podcast thing here. Uh, today, we are going to talk about our second Cohen brothers film of the series. Uh, we're going to be talking about Burn After Reading, and Burn After Reading to me is it, it, it's an it's an interesting one. I was really looking forward to watching it, uh, not necessarily because. Uh, it's a movie that I love, or whatever. I just I was genuinely curious to see what I would have thought about this movie, and I haven't seen this movie in a couple of years, uh, maybe maybe like five years or so. Uh, so it's it's just it's literally just been sitting on my shelf for a long time uh, with no viewings of it whatsoever, and I actually haven't even thought about it that much, um, and that's kind of why I was looking forward to doing this episode. Uh, was because Uh, As with some of the movies we've seen uh, in the show so far, uh, I just get a kick out of, you know, rediscovering these old movies that I liked. Um, Obviously, at some point in time, I must have liked this movie enough to go online and actually buy it. Uh, But, you know, it's... I'm a little torn uh, after watching it again, so... Obviously, I love the Coen Brothers. We're going to be doing a bunch of Coen Brothers movies on here. We've already done The Big Lebowski. Uh, down the Road, you can look out for Fargo. Uh, Old Brother, Where Art Thou? No Country for Old Men. Uh, and that's just the ones that I own. There's a lot more great ones out there. Uh, Raising Arizona uh, comes to mind. This one just kind of... It's its odd because I feel like the internet really loves this movie. its I don't want to call it like a cult classic. But just a lot of... There, there's such a lot of like positivity around the movie, like critically speaking, and it just kind of seems like one of those movies that's very like the Coen Brothers know like people are gonna like it just because they're the Coen Brothers. Uh, one thing I want I, like one movie I can compare it to is kind of like uh, th- okay, think of American Hustle, uh, David O. Russell movie with uh, Bradley Cooper, Christian Bale, Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner. Um, oh boy there's some Jennifer Lawrence um it's this it came out and everybody just unanimously loved this movie It got all these awards nominations and then uh like critics were loving it and like then people saw it and it was just like oh yeah yeah I guess I'm supposed to like this so yeah it was good and then like the more you think about it it's just like yeah it really wasn't that good I kind of get that with uh I I get that vibe with Burn After Reading uh it's got an A-list cast uh Top to bottom, here we got Brad Pitt, Francis McDormand, George Clooney, John Malkovich, Tilda Swinton, Richard Jenkins, Elizabeth uh, Elizabeth Marvel, uh, J.K. Simmons, Elizabeth Marvel. Want to go back to her real quick? She's a great uh, char- character actor. She has been for the last uh, ten, maybe decade or so, is when I've really started to see her pop up and stuff. Um, I, I, I completely didn't know she was in this movie but that's kind of cool I know uh, she had a big role on House of Cards uh, pre-Kevin Spacey ruining it uh, for everybody look her up, check her out she's in a bunch of good movies uh, and TV shows too and uh, you, you're not going to find this in the Did You Knows but it's a fun little Did You Know uh, so Elizabeth Marvel uh, I think I've mentioned a couple times that I've been re-watching uh, Fargo, the TV series um, there's a new season coming out uh, I don't even know when it's coming out. I just know it's coming but she's in the Elizabeth Marvel she's in the second season of uh, Fargo which I just finished which in my opinion is the best one um, it, I think it's the best season but season one has the best uh, uh, characters and performances particularly uh, with Martin Freeman and Billy Bob Thornton and their characters but uh, season two as a whole is just so so good uh, third one not as good, definitely the third of the three, but still, but still good TV. Uh, but anyway, Elizabeth Marvel, uh, she's in that new show Manifest. Uh, we've seen her in Unbelievable. We've talked about that here uh, before. The it's a Netflix series, uh, miniseries. Uh, she's done some Law and Order stuff. Uh, she's uh, again House of Cards. I'm just scrolling through her IMDb page right now. Um, a Most Violent Year, Elementary, uh, Lincoln, Steven Spielberg movie, uh, Born Legacy. So she's she's been around. Like she's. She's a very good actress keep Elizabeth Marvel on your uh, on, on your on your sites if you see her pop up in something great uh, but yeah no I I'll expect her to I, I'm expecting her to kind of break out in the next like five years or so if something big's gonna happen for her she's gonna get that role that uh, she deserves this past year unbelievable was such a big hit for them and her being in it uh, maybe it gives her the, the, that little boost that she needs to kind of get over the hum. Anyway, getting back to the rest of the cast, uh, it's this big cast, and because there's so many big names in it, like really big names in it, like George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Francis McDormand, like they're all in this together, and because they're in it, and they they all do a great job in the movie, I, it just kind of feels like that's why people love it so much, because the movie itself is like, I don't want to say pretentious, but like I, the, the plot structure is very odd I, i'm trying to think of the best way to, to describe it so even in the movie they acknowledge at certain points particularly with uh jk simmons and his uh, character in the fbi or cia whatever he is they they almost acknowledge that just like none of this makes sense and they even ask like well why are the people doing what they're doing and they're just like we don't know <laughs> uh, and i feel like that's how the cohen brothers do a lot of their comedies it's this kind of like loose like th- they're in on the joke Like they do stuff that they think is funny to them, which is great. I think all you know filmmakers doing comedy should do stuff like that. Uh, But at the same time, it's just kind of like, what if we just kind of make this movie and have all this stuff happen, and then like the story just makes less and less sense, and then it just ends. I feel like that's what happens with a lot of their comedies. Big Lebowski that that's definitely what happens. Uh, You know, there's a there's an initial plot, and it just kind of unravels itself, and by the by the end of Uh, the movie there's like you know a dozen different plot lines that you're paying attention to and they're all getting equal attention but none of them really add up to one another I don't know it's there are parts of this movie that are funny uh, to me I I, I actually forgot George Clooney was even in this movie Um, so like until I picked up the DVD cover uh, for this like I've just it just completely forgot uh, that George Clooney was in this the biggest reason I was excited to watch this again was uh, Brad Pitt's character uh, and for uh, flawed as this movie may be this is the most fun Brad Pitt's ever had on screen and it's obvious um, he, he gets to I uh, he, uh, he plays Chad and he's uh, this personal trainer who's you know all so upbeat and peppy and he's always dancing he's got the headphones in he's you know uh, just having a good time and he's just dumb as a stump and it's obvious that Brad Pitt has a ball playing this guy and it's obvious to see that it, it pays off great uh, this is Brad Pitt's just a very funny dude in general who doesn't really get a lot of credit for his comedic chops. Uh, just off the top of my head here, uh, let's see. In Glorious Bastards, he's very funny in that movie, and it's not you know a lot of people seeing Glorious Bastards they don't think and Brad Pitt's role in particularly that I don't think comedy. Uh, but no, he's got some great comedic timing in that. Uh, think of all the Ocean's movies, uh, the Ocean's franchise, which uh, we'll be talking about all three of them uh, at some point. And then there's uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which he just won an Oscar for. Uh, the last sequence of that movie, you know, his, uh, uh, he's on an acid trip the whole time. And it's some of the funniest shit he's ever done. And, he, it, it, you know, it ended up winning him an Oscar. So Brad Pitt, I loved, I loved seeing him uh, let loose, uh, have a little fun. He's, he's a very serious uh, actor. You know, he, he. I think he's trying to like overcompensate for being like this, like good-looking dude. Because I, I, I know, like publicly, he's always kind of like downplayed that. He doesn't really take roles that kind of like play into that, so to speak. Uh, so he's a very serious guy. He picks his projects very well, uh, and he's gotten to the point in his career where he just like wants to make movies he wants to make. Uh, but hopefully, we can see him do some more comedies uh, going forward. Now that he's got his Oscar, I have a feeling that uh, we're not going to see him as much a, anymore. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't have anything left to prove. Uh, to anyone really so it is what it is but uh, Brad Pitt is in my opinion his character is the best part uh, of this movie he's just so he's just so dumb and Brad Pitt great an actor as he is handsome as looking to do it as he is he plays dumb really well so uh, again Brad Pitt best part of the movie hands down the other performances here uh, I forget like I said I completely forgot George Clooney was even in it but uh, I was pleasantly surprised uh, by how funny his performance actually was. I Like I said, I forgot he was even in it, so I forgot all the stuff that he's got, uh, that's, he's got going on in this movie, uh, the constant paranoia, the uh, the womanizing, the, the sex chair he's building and all that stuff. It's it's funny. Uh, Frances McDormand, I don't know, her character just kind of bugs me in this movie. They're, like, I understand her motivation. She wants to get money for surgeries and all that stuff, but uh, this is... It, it kind of it felt like... So, Frances McDormand's married uh, to one of the Cohen brothers. I admit it, I don't remember which one off the top of my head. Uh, so, she's in a lot of their movies. I think she's been in, like, eight or nine of them. So, they wrote this role for her, put her on screen, and then just said, like, you know what to do. Like, you know what we like. And then she just kind of did it. Like, the over-exaggerated facial gestures and, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the tone of her speech and... Um, if you ever watch Francis McDormand in this movie and you didn't know it was a Coen Brothers movie, like you just assume, okay, this is a Coen Brothers movie. Just look at how Francis McDormand is acting. Uh, so I don't know. She, I, I thought her role was a little annoying in this. Uh, John Malkovich, I think he does a great job as well. Uh, Osborne Cox is very... Uh, it, it can be a very funny character. It's a little over the top with just how angry he is. Like He's, he's not very likable, uh, but really he's the guy who... Uh, is the loser of everything in this movie. Like, he should be... Like, he's the first character we're introduced to, uh, which, yeah, I don't... There really isn't, like, an inta- uh, a protagonist in this movie, but John Malkovich is, like, you know... Okay, his... George Clooney's cheating on him with his wife, or vice versa. Uh, he loses his job. He's got to deal with uh, all the bullshit with Francis McNorman and Brad Pitt's characters. And... Like, a lot of just bad shit happens. Of course, he, you know, spoiler alert, he ends up killing that guy at the end, uh, which takes away from any (laughs) empathy you might feel for the guy. Uh, But no, Osborne Cox is definitely, I I think, so, okay, Chad, Brad Pitt's character, is the funniest character in the movie, but Osborne Cox is the only guy who, like, kind of moves the plot forward in any way, but he's, but uh, he also, at the same time, he also just kind of sits around the entire movie just... Like kind of yelling, like what the fuck is going on, uh, that kind of thing. It just it it's that very like meta uh, idea in the movie that like the movie itself doesn't even understand what's going on, and John Malkovich is kind of like the embodiment of that idea. And and that's fine. He does a great job. It's it's a perfectly cast role for him. Um, and I I mean I'm I've never really been a huge John Malkovich fan. As it is, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's his face, maybe it's his voice. I don't know. He's just I just I just don't like him. Buddy, but he's very good in this movie. Uh, going down the cast again, Tilda Swinton doesn't really have anything to do in this movie. Uh, you know, obviously she won an Oscar the year before, so uh, for Michael Clayton with uh, which was also with George Clooney, and it's a very good movie despite uh, being the most boringly titled name of all time. Uh, but yeah, she doesn't really have anything to do here, so I get why she's on the billing. Uh, but at the same time, in the movie itself, she doesn't like she doesn't she doesn't do anything. She has. Very little dialogue. It's just kind of bitchy when whenever she does do something, and she's sitting the, more or less the entire movie. So, yeah, she she doesn't really get anything to do. Richard Jenkins. I, I love Richard Jenkins. Man, he's a great character actor. Uh, just a long career of success in both comedy and drama. Uh, I think a lot of... Most people, like the casual moviegoer, would probably recognize him from Step Brothers uh, as his most recognizable role. He plays the stepdad there. Uh, obviously, there's a bunch of other stuff. He's an Academy Award nominee. Uh, he was nominated for The Visitor and The Shape of Water. Both, uh, well, The Visitor uh, was best uh, leading actor, Shape of Water was supporting actor. But after that, I mean, he's just been on a lot of stuff. Kong Skull Island, uh, Spotlight, White House Down, Jack Reacher. Like, he's just been around for a long time doing a lot of different things. And he's. Uh, hall Pass. Um, yeah, he's just been in and out, like he does comedy and dramas really well and he never really like takes over the movie, he's just, like he's Richard Jenkins, he's just a, he's a, thr- he's a classic character actor, he's everything you want a character actor to be, uh, like no one can look at a Richard Jenkins movie and be like, that movie sucked because of Richard Jenkins, but no one looks at a great Richard Jenkins Jenkins movie and is like, this movie is great because of Richard Jenkins, maybe The Visitor because he's, uh, because he, he plays a lead in that movie, but uh, now Richard Jenkins, great, great character actor. Uh, J.K. Simmons, this was uh, before his Oscar win, so at this point, to me, he was just kind of Juno's dad. But no, he's great. He's always funny. I love J.K. Simmons. Kind of in the same boat as Richard Jenkins. Uh, Obviously, uh, this all kind of changed after Whiplash, um, when he became, like, every. He was always just, like, a face before, a very recognizable face, but now he's like J.K. Simmons. Uh, One one show that uh, I really loved him in, uh, a couple... it, It was... It's a show on IFC called Brockmire. Give it a watch. It's very, very funny. It's one of the funniest shows on TV. But it's it, it's a nice little hidden gem. Just look it up on IFC. Uh, you'll love it. J.K. Simmons has a role in season three. Uh, he plays a uh, an ex baseball player in that show, and uh, who's also dying of cancer. And he's just got a couple just knockout scenes in that movie. He's very, very funny, but he's also but you know he always packs a punch when he needs to. Uh, so, again, look it up, Brockmeyer on IFC. Okay, so before I, I get into the did-you-knows, let's just wrap this up one more time. I love the cast in this movie. Um, some of the characters are a lot more entertaining than others, but at the same time, everyone still brings their A-game. Uh, and the the humor, like, I appreciate it. Like, I, I like the Coen brothers enough where it's like, I get it, but I don't think this is their funniest movie by a long shot, I think. Uh, I think Fargo is definitely funnier than this, I think. Uh, oh, Brother, we're out there, I was funnier. Raising Arizona. Uh, man, I wish I owned a copy of Raising Arizona. Uh, that I haven't seen that movie in a long time, and it's really, really fucking good. But yeah, like, all right, so you have, like, this Burn After Reading, uh, movies like Hail Caesar and uh, Intolerable Cruelty. They're all kind of on that same tier of, like, this is funny, but they're trying too hard to... Be the Coen Brothers, if that makes sense. So maybe that's just my opinion. I don't know, uh, but we're gonna get into the Did You Knows uh, here. Uh, got a couple of facts about it. I'm just gonna give my takes. Okay, first, Did You Know? Uh, George Clooney's third film under the direction of the Coen Brothers, following *Oh Brother Where Art Thou* and *Intolerable Cruelty*. Uh, these three films have been dubbed the quote the trilogy of idiots" by the Coen Brothers. Okay, so. George Clooney and Cohen Coen brothers, it's funny. Like, I don't... When I think of... They're not like this, like, director-actor combo that's just, like, hit after hit after hit. Like, you know, Leo and Scorsese. Um, Robert De Niro and Scorsese. Um, uh, Michael Caine and uh, Christopher Nolan. You know, stuff like that. A lot, a lot of... All the best directors have their go-to guys. Uh, some guys like to... You know, veer off and do, Brad Pitt and David Fincher is another one. Um, a, a lot of these guys will—they uh, have their main guys, and Clooney's clearly in that inner circle for the Coen Brothers. You can actually kind of see it in some of—you uh, know—it rubs off on George Clooney as a director. You can see it in some of the movies that he's directed. Uh, I admit, I didn't see *Suburbicon*, uh, the movie that came out a couple of years ago with Matt Damon, but George Clooney directed it, and just watching the trailer it was like, oh, this—that kind of looks like a Coen Brothers movie. Uh, but no it was George Clooney so it's cool to see him uh, you know dip back with these guys he also came back and did Hail Caesar uh, which came out a couple years ago but was bad as for the two movies he did before this Oh Brother Where Art Thou I love I can't wait to watch that one it's well down the road here of movies we're going to cover in the series but I'm going to hold off on watching until then and I'm just really excited uh, to watch that one it's uh, uh, it used to be on TV all the time I felt like but I st- it's been a couple years for me since I've actually seen it it's always nice to watch that one when it's not the TV version either uh, just a very very funny movie Soggy Bottom Boys uh, and the other one was Intolerable Cruelty I admit I have I have been in the room when Intolerable Cruelty was on uh, It, I, I, I fell asleep like maybe 15-20 minutes into it it just bored the hell out of me uh, and when I woke up, I'm pretty sure I just kind of surfed my phone. So hand up, bad film viewer there, bad you know, bad critic move on my mistake. Maybe I should give it a second whirl, I don't know. Uh, but at the same time, no one's ever really given me a reason to. No one's ever told me, like, man, intolerable cruelty is great. Until then, I just won't. So, so somebody recommend it to me, and maybe I'll watch it. Okay, the second, did you know, the Cohen brothers and their longtime composer Carter Burwell decided that the movie should have a bombastic music sco- music score that suggested, quote, meaning without meaning, and chose Jerry Goldsmith's percussive music for Seven Days in May 1964 as its inspiration. Okay, so Seven Days in May, Jerry Goldsmith, I don't know what that is, so we'll move past that. But this kind of gets into what I was saying before about just you know the Coen brothers are the only ones that are on the joke meaning without meaning is just so pretentious and I, I just i hate when directors like do stuff like this uh okay so the score in the movie like it's it's a lot of uh big drums and horns and uh you know stuff like that so like it kind of has the feel of like a spy movie uh and it is you know it, it falls around CIA and the intelligence community and you know, documents and, you know, people playing both sides of each other. And, you know, it's like, I get it. Like, I actually get it. Uh, but the whole meaning without meaning thing, like, because the score sounds like the stakes are super high with, you know, every, every scene, but at the same time, the stakes are never high because nothing's going on. Uh, and it's, I don't know. I, I just hate shit like this. Like, I, the score, like, the score works. It works anyway. Why does it have to be this whole meaning without meaning crap? I don't know. But you know what? I'm not even going to ask a question because it doesn't mean anything. Uh, and third, did you know? Uh, the screenplay for this film was featured on the 2007 Blacklist, a list of the most liked unmade scripts of the year. Uh, so we've mentioned the Blacklist before. Uh, you know, A lot of the movies I have here, uh, they're going to get mentioned on that Blacklist. I'll, I just don't always mention it. There weren't that many interesting did you knows for this one. But at the same time, I feel like this one, it's it, its kind of just because the Coen brothers' name is attached to it. They're coming off no, uh, no Country for Old Men. And it's just like everybody really, really wants to like this one. But at the same time, like, if you were to read the script for this one, it wouldn't make any fucking sense because the movie doesn't make any sense. Okay, like if you take this movie and you take the cast out of it, it's not a good movie. But you have George Clooney and you have Brad Pitt and you have Francis McDormand and John Malkovich and... Like that's what makes the movie. It's just it's great actors doing a great job. I don't think this is great writing bringing out good actors. It's the other way around in this one. So that's just my opinion. Uh, and we'll rate the movie on a scale of one to five. hazmats, as we always do, and uh, two and a half. We're gonna go two and a half uh, for this one. Again, I. Parts of it to me are very funny. It's never it's never like a lot. La- Bra- okay, Brad Pitt is laugh out loud funny. His, some of his scenes are just absolutely hysterical. Uh, but other than that, you're just gonna get, get a lot of like, <laughs> or <laughs> you know, not 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 laugh, Just <laughs> so I don't know. And the script, the stories. I, I I just hate when movies are like very meta about like, oh yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's it, it's just kind of lazy to me, uh, and. Like this, like this movie just ends. Like it goes from a very, very intense scene to just ending, like right away. And there's and and that's it. Uh, And and I get the joke. I like I said, I get what they're doing. The movie knows that none of it makes sense, Uh, and there's no reasoning for why the characters are doing what they're doing. But I don't know. It's you know, it's it's this is just a me thing. I know the the internet loves this movie. Uh, A lot of critics like this movie as well. Uh, No Oscar nominations, but two Golden Globes, uh, uh, Best Comedy and Francis McDormand, although I don't know why the fuck Brad Pitt isn't in there. Uh, I didn't go through the Oscar nominations that year to see if Brad Pitt should have snuck his way in there, but uh, it's okay, because he just won his Oscar, so I don't feel like he was robbed of anything. Uh, Anyway... Thank you all for listening very much. Remember, tell three people. Don't tell four people. Tell three people about the show. If you're in a room with four people, just keep your mouth shut. Just keep your fucking mouth shut. We're, we're, we're keeping this tight. Got it? Tight. Uh, in the meantime, you can like us on social media. You can follow us at QuarantinimaPod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to this on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever podcasts are heard. Uh, please like and subscribe. And again, three people. Don't tell four three, five, don't even think about it, two, two's fine, but if you tell two, you have to tell one more, uh, so in the meantime, everyone, please stay safe, we're, we're getting there, this whole quarantine thing, you know, we're on the back, I feel like we're on the back nine right now, so just nobody fuck this up for us, got it, nobody fuck it up, in the meantime, don't be a hero, stay inside, and watch a movie.